0: You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at rostnshare at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. I want to share with you some things in the Word of God. And I want you to be able to see them, and I want you to be able to see the progression as we begin to move. We've been talking over the last few weeks about the Journeyman Chronicles, and today I want to speak to you for a few moments about the Journeyman Contract Fulfilled. The Journeyman Contract Fulfilled. We're going to read just a few passages of Scripture this morning. And I just want you to make sure that you see where we're coming from because this is a powerful progression that we're about to follow through with Abram. Abram, the Journeyman Chronicles began with the Lord offering a journeyman contract to Abram. It's a man that we have limited background information of. To be honest, uh, there's not a lot of information about him before him. We know that he is, his father is Terah. He's from the Ur of the Chaldeans. He lives in a town called Haran. And he's married to Sarah. That is the only information that we have about Abram. Before the Lord shows up and begins to offer him something that changes his life. And we had begun to speak about, over the past few weeks, how that it doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter where you come from, so much as the availability of what you are willing to be able to do whenever God begins calling. And we began to see something that began to happen as God began to offer Abram a journeyman contract. It was a choice that he had that changed, it was a life-changing choice. It was not only just a life-changing choice, but it was a world-changing choice. And it was an offer of just simply this. Are you willing to take a journey with me? And whenever he began to take a journey with the Lord, it changed him and those around him. Now I want you to look at Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Beginning in verse 1. Listen to what the Word of God says. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. That was the journeyman contract that he was given. That was the thing that began this whole journey. Abram, will you take a journey with me? Will you be willing to step out in faith to follow me, a God that we don't know how well that he even knew? We don't know anything about him, but yet we do know is this, that he stepped out in faith to follow God with nothing more than a promise that just said this, if you lead, I will follow. And as I follow, you will make something of me. From that first encounter with God, with the Lord God, Abram lived in, and he lived by faith. That what God spoke was true, and that he was faithful to keep his word. So as Abram went through life in its good moments, in its bad moments, when things were awesome and when things were terrible, whenever his family was okay, and whenever his family was in crisis, when everything was going on in his life, the Lord God would confirm that promise that He gave to Abram time and time again. That He would encourage him, that He would strengthen him, that he would be faithful to the promise, and that God had not given up on Abram. Now, brothers and not understand something. The reason why some of us have not come to that place in our life is because we have never had faith in God to the point that we were able to stay with Him in the good times and the bad times. We give up on God way before God gives up on us. Realize this, brother and sister, we will never ever be able to see the confirmation or the fulfillment of the promise if you do not hang with the Lord long enough to see it. Realize, brother and sister, understand something. Whenever I get on the road and I'm going to Nashville, guess what? Or I'm going wherever. Guess what? If I get off in Jackson and if I just decide, it's Jackson. I think I'll just stay here. Guess what? I will never, ever see Nashville. I'll never get there. And that's what many of us do in our walk with the Lord. We will get to a place that whenever God begins to say, get out, we'll say, yes, Lord, and we'll get out. And the moments that get good and the moments that get bad, they influence us so that we never finish the journey. We'll cut it short. And whenever we cut it short, guess what? We never see the good stuff that God wants to do in our lives. And so what does that do? That leaves us bitter, it leaves us antagonistic, it leaves us in all kinds of a bad attitude toward God, toward the church and everything else. And really what it comes down to is this. We did not we said yes, Lord. I will take a journey and we got on the road and then we decided we're going to get off the bus and we got off the bus and it's in a hick town that we don't know nobody and we're miserable. But Abram is the guy that he gets on the bus and he stays on the bus until it gets to the end of the line. Amen. 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 Hear me, brother and sister. Understand something, God has a great destination for you. He has a great divine purpose for you. But your divine purpose will never ever be found. It will never be lived through. It will never be experienced in your life. If you take every stop to get off the bus and to walk around and play around, God will never get you to the place of the fullness of what He wants. Why? Because you're not working with Him. That's a good time to say amen. I ain't going any further until you say amen. Hallelujah. Brother and sister, understand something. We begin to see, though, in Genesis chapter 13, because something strategic has happened in Abram's life. And at moments of consequence, good or bad, the Lord has a way of reconfirming what he's talking about. Look at what it says in Genesis 13, beginning in verse 14 through 17. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you, your descendants forever, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise and walk in the land through its length and width, for I will give it to you. So realize something, brother and sister, once again, Abram has res- got to the promised land. The Lord has been faithful. He's just come through a hard time where lot is done, where there's just, you know, there's just some all kinds of stuff that has gone on in his life. And here in the midst of all of this problems, the Lord says, Abram, I'm still with you. And I am with you. And guess what? I'm going to finish the work in you. I promised you that I would get you the promised land. Guess what? You are here now. I'm still going to produce something in you, but while I am getting ready to produce something in you, why don't you get out and have a nice tour of everything that I'm going to give to your descendants? See, so when you're a child of God that's on the journey, sometimes you have an idea of what's going to happen before it actually happens. Why? Because you, other people are like going, what are you talking about? That can never, ever happen. But the Lord is talking to you about the journey that you're on. And he says, guess what? I am going to do it. I am going to complete it. No matter what anybody else says, I will do it in your life. You just got to stay with me got to stay with me just stay with me look at your neighbor and say stay with the lord as you stay with the lord there will be moments that he will confirm things to you there will be moments that he will speak things to you there will be moments that you have not seen the fulfillment of it but you see that you're making progress and the lord says come on and celebrate with me just one more time It may have gone through a bad season, but God has said, I will be in the middle of the bad season. I'll bless you in the middle of it. Look at Genesis chapter 15. Put your finger there. Next finger over. Genesis chapter 15. Look at this. Look at this progressive kind of covenant and contract that we are seeing played out in Abram's life. Genesis chapter 15. Look at verse 5. Then, he being God, Okay? He brought him outside and said, Look now toward the heavens and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to them, him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Once again, guess what? It's a time of choice. It's a time in Abram's life where something has happened. And what does the Lord do at the moment when everything has been changed? The Lord comes back and says, your circumstance may have changed, Abram, but guess what? I have not changed. And my promise is still the same. My promise is still the same to you. I promise you I'd give you descendants. I promise you your descendants would have this land. And I'll tell you again look at the stars, Abram. I will bless you in the middle of it. See, brothers, to understand something. We've come to a position that sometimes, whenever things change, we think that God God has changed along with it. Let me tell you something your physical system, your physical outlook may change. Guess what? God hasn't changed your circumstance may have changed guess what? God hasn't changed your financial situation may have changed guess what? God hasn't changed your address may change but God hasn't changed no matter the things that you look at the things that are changing around you Lot and Abraham have just changed they have just separated there is change going on but guess what? God in the middle of it says this. I'm still God, Abram, and I'll be the one to be able. Oh, Jesus. To bring forth your divine purpose. And what did Abram do? He immediately grabbed a hold of it. And the Lord accounted it as righteousness in his life. Mm-mm-mm. Flip over now Genesis chapter 17. Flip. Now once again... We're looking at the progress that's going on. We have talked about Genesis, all these passages of Scripture the last three or four weeks in church. But now look at what is now beginning to happen. You can begin to see the progress. There are things of substance that happens. There's things that are good and bad that happens. And the Lord is there to confirm and He's there to, to reaffirm what God is doing in His life. He's there to be able to say, I'm there in the middle of it. Let me just go on to Genesis 17 and look what the Word of God says. Genesis 17, beginning in verse 1, and we're going to read down to around verse 8 or so. Okay? So just follow along with me. When Abram was 99 years old, look at your neighbor and say, Woo, that's old. Now look at your neighbor and say, I'm a spring chicken. <laughs> woo Lord have mercy. He's 99 years of age. Realize this. He has been gone from his father's house for 23 years. Best they, that theologian state, can put it. 23 years he's been gone. Somewhere out in there 22, 23. Now realize this, brother and sister. He is in a position and he is in a place that we are here and he things have changed he's gotten older things have changed around him but guess what happens the Word of God says Abram was 99 years of age and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him I am almighty God walk before me And be blameless. He states one more time. Abram, it doesn't matter how old you are, Abram. You can be 99 years of age and it does not matter. Why? Because I am still the same. Some of us look at the calendar and we limit God according to the calendar. Some of us look at our watch and we limit God according to our watch. Some of us look at our circumstances and limit God to our circumstance. Some of us will look at the situation around us and say, oh, God can't do this. But brother and sister, understand, hear the word of the Lord. When the Lord says, it doesn't matter how old you are, I am almighty God. Take your excuses and get out of town with them. Why? Because, brother and sister, it doesn't matter. Why? Because God hasn't changed. I have come to this realization, brother and sister, we give so many excuses that it makes the devil's job way too easy. You ever thought about it like that? The enemy's job is to be able to destroy you, to kill, steal, and to destroy. That's what John 10.10 states. That is his job. That is his mission statement. Okay? The enemy has come to kill, steal, and to destroy. That is his job in your life. How many times do we make the job of the enemy so easy because of this one fact? We make excuses that allow him access in our life to do stuff. Oh, we do it all the time. We make the enemy's job way too easy because of our excuses. But listen how the Lord immediately, before we get into anything else, because Abram's about to throw up some excuses. He's about to throw up some stuff, but before he gets a chance to do anything, the Lord just stops and says, I'm Almighty God. That is translated, he is El Shaddai. Almighty. There is none mightier, none bigger. That means in any situation, in any circumstance, He's not just big enough, He's bigger. Take the biggest, the baddest dude, put him in the ring with the Lord, there is not even a close second. He is the grand champion. He is the master of all things. He is the champion of the universe. Brother, he can handle your problem. He can handle your issue. He can handle your excuse. He can handle all of it if you'll just give God the moment to. Brother and sister, all the way that we have seen through Abram is ups and downs, problems with family, problems with this, problems with this, yet all the time we find this one constant thing, that as long as Abram is attached to God, nothing can be able to stop the promise of God. We need to get our eyes off of our excuse of what it can be and put our eyes on the thing we need to keep it on. And that is the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and a relationship with Him that brings everything to void in our life and null in our life that comes against us that would destroy us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Praise alleluia anyhow. Look at your neighbor and say, praise alleluia. I'm going to tell you something. God is good. Look at verse 2. And listen what he states. And I, speaking of the Lord. Once again, he's going right back doing the same thing he did in Genesis chapter 12. And I will make my covenant between me and you. Let me tell you something. When God promises you things, realize something. Yes, he does always ask us to do something. But usually what that something is, is really most of the time, just stay connected to me. He gave Abram the choice in Genesis 12. Hey, let's get out of the country and I'm going to show you a place. In other words, he's saying, Abram, this is a a reminder. Tomorrow I'm leaving. And if you want to come with me, then follow me along. What he has given him is the invitation to stay close to him. And realize something. If you will just stay close to the Lord, yes, you will have good days, yes, you will have bad days, yes, you will have days that things come against you, and yes, you'll have days that you'll be like dancing in the, you know, just woo, 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 just having yourself a time and just going through life, just enjoying everything and just worshiping the Lord and dancing in a field of daffodils and just wow. And just everything is great But can I also just be able to share this with you That it is not going to be your ability That will change and allow you To fulfill the covenant That God has put in your life It is not you by yourself That's going to allow you to fulfill The divine destiny And the divine purpose in your life brother and sister. It will only be whenever you Connect with almighty God And God begins to work His divine purpose in you As you stay quiet to him, Amen. 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 I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying yes the Lord wants to have a relationship with you that he wants to talk to you Mm-mm-mm-mm. as for me behold my covenant is with you And you shall be father of many nations. Now catch this in verse 5. No longer shall your name be called Abram. But your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you. And kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and descendants after you. Also, I will give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of the Canaanites, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Realize, brothers, in this passage of Scripture, it is always this I will make, I will make, I will make, I will be there, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this. Brother and sister, understand today that is the power of Almighty God when you come into covenant with Him. He will do. And look at what it begins to do. Because coming into the contract, that covenant with the Lord, brother and sister, Abram. Was different. But as he comes into a covenant with the Lord, a contract with the Lord, all of a sudden, guess what happens? There begins to be change in his life. Brother Sister, as you stay with the Lord, guess what happens? Things are going to change in your life. Abram becomes somebody that is named, which is translated from the meaning, High Father. And the Lord changes his name. Can you imagine? being called high father, but for years never having any children. You know what kind of a slap in the face that kind of is whenever you're like the Lord is saying you're going to have children and for 24 years the only thing that you get is Hi father, Hi father. Every time someone calls your name they're saying Hi father, H-I-G-H, high, not high, but high father. Can you imagine the Lord is speaking in your ear and says you're going to have kids. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Gets to a point that they get so caught up in the middle of this. And you can be looking for this because I don't have time to deal with it this morning. But you can look that Abram gets tired of waiting on God. And what does he do? He goes to to Sarah's handmaiden. And they have a child with Sarah's permission. Why? Because they have to fulfill the promise of the Lord for the Lord. Can I just share something with you? If you would just wait, it would have made our lives a whole lot easier. Why? Because you have two religions that came out of Abraham. Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael, Arabs. Isaac, Jews. You want to know all the problem in the Middle East? It's just because of one reason. They got, it's, it's, man, it's once again, it's the Hatfields and McCoy, McCoys. It's just family just bickering. They're all, man, they're all half-brothers. Brother and sister, whenever we start getting to a point that we try to be able to get in the middle of what God is trying to do in our lives, guess what happens? We cause more problems than, oh, gee, I ain't got time to talk about it. But understand something. He comes to a place, and the Lord renames Abram. To Abraham, you're going to be the father of multitudes. 24 years later after the Lord is speaking to his life, you're going to have kids. After having here Abram high father all the time, now the Lord says, you're not just going to be high father, you're going to be the father of multitudes. Jesus. And Abram's like going, I just want One. I just want one, Lord. Who cares about the multitude? The multitude's got to start with one. I'm amazed at that, how the Lord is able to do that over and over and over. And that his, he is able, and honestly, he is, his name is changed before he ever sees a kid. See, listen to me, brother and sister. God will begin to change you long before He ever changes the situation. Let me say that again because some of y'all need to open up your heart and you need to let that sink inside of you. Let me share this again. God will always begin to change you before He ever changes the situation. And He changes the situation to be able to fulfill the promise. Brother and sister, understand this. As Abram is changing into Abraham. And he is at the very. Just the edge of seeing this powerful work. God is still in the middle of changing him. So that he can be able to change the situation. Oh Lord. Listen to this. He changes you. And then He will work through you in order to fulfill the divine purpose in your life. Take your other finger. Look down. Genesis chapter 17. Look at verse 15. I'm going to read a few passages of Scripture beginning in verse 15 all the way down to verse 21. Listen to this. Then God said to Abram, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah any longer. But Sarah shall be her name. What's the difference? let I just kind share some with you. Not only is Abraham the one that is changed. Now Abraham is the one that is, that it has the communion with the Lord. Abram is the one that builds altars with the Lord. Abram is the one that does all these things. But guess what, brother and sister? When God begins to change you, He begins to change the people around you. If you will just let God begin to work in you, and you stop trying to force things, you'll be amazed how God is able to change them around you just because they are around you. We never find one time that Abraham tried to make Sarah do anything or, you know, we never see these things. But you know what? Sarah had come to this conclusion. Guess what? I'm not going to have children. Do You realize that at this moment, Sarah is 89 years of age. She doesn't come to this realization. I ain't going to have kids. But listen to this, brother and sister, God has a way of changing others around you as you pursue after the divine purpose of the Lord. Because Sarah is translated uh, from the root word of a person or a class, a person of class or social standing. Because that's pretty much what she was to Abram. Abram was the man of promise. Sarah was just following along. But as She begins, God begins to deal with her through her husband. Guess what then begins to happen? He says, your name is going to be Sarah. What does Sarah mean? Sarah means to be a princess or queen. Guess what, brother and sister? God was saying this. I am not only going to work in Abram, but I'm going to work in his wife, and I'm going to turn Abram to Abraham, the father of many nations, and I'm going to turn Sarai into Sarah, and she is going to sit right beside the father of many nations and be the queen of those nations in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Absolutely. See, brother and sister, your relationship with God, has, yes, has things to do with you, but hear me something, brothers and sisters, very carefully. Don't you dare curse the darkness that you live in and the situation that you live in. When you yourself are not pursuing after God and you can change the circumstance. You don't like the way your family's acting? Then guess what? You pursue after God. And I promise you, there will be begin to be a change in the environment. It may take a while, but there will come a change in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Once again, we come to a place that we will make so many excuses on why we can, why this and this and that, and we'll look at all this other stuff, and we'll put all kinds of blame on everybody else. Hear me, brother and sister. Nobody can be able to make you do something that you don't want to do. Honey, you just need to get in the place that I'm going to follow the Lord, and that's going to be my desire, and that's what I'm going to do in Jesus' name. Finishing with this. Verse 16 and I will bless her, and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she will be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abram fell on his face and laughed. You want to talk, brother? Can I tell you something? Yes, there is in the church. There has to be an element of emotionalism in the church. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Listen to me. I'm not talking about like, wow, and then you live in like all kinds of devil and everything else afterwards. No. I'm talking about you coming into a position. Brother and sister, understand, there are, you are a, a being that is made up of a spirit, a soul, and a body. Okay? You are made up of different elements. And, brother and sister, understand something. You, at times, need to release in all those elements. You need a release in your body sometime for God to come down and just touch you and just give you release. There needs to be a moment in your spirit where you are just relieved by the power of God in a place. And there needs to be a place, brother and sister, I found out something. That for God to be able to get to your spirit sometimes, He's got to dig through your body, through your emotions to get to the spirit. And so, brother and sister, many times when He touches your spirit... You've already had to go through the emotions to get there. Why? That's why you see people crying. That's why you see people worshiping. That's why you see some people kneeling. That's why you see some people shouting. Why? Because there is an emotional kind of release that comes when you begin to worship the Lord and get in the presence of the Lord. Because That's what has just happened to Abram. He has this release. He begins to laugh. Now realize now what begins to happen. Now, what you're saying, Pastor Tim, that means if you're not emotional, then you can't be able to worship. No, no, no. Every person is, is, has different types of emotional characteristics. You take me, I can't help but be emotional because that's who I am. Okay? That's who I am. Some of us are maybe more reserved than others. And maybe your state of emotionalism is... But brother and sister, if that's your state of emotionalism, you get free in it in Jesus' name. And you let God touch you and do a work in you. You're staying. I'm here to tell you something. You'll say, Pastor, I'm not emotional. And let me go and let me watch you. Oh Jesus, I don't know how many, I'm getting off on this, but let me watch you watch your favorite, your team play football, game of football. I'll show you how emotional you are. You watch them play a game of basketball. I'll show you how emotional you are. I'm here to tell you something. If you're emotional over that, for what what's happening on a on a field somewhere, or on a pitch somewhere, or on a court somewhere, can I just be able to tell you something? You need to do that as you worship God. Why? Because God did more for you than that football team did, that basketball team did, the baseball team, the soccer team. It don't matter. It's important. And sometimes you have an emotional release. Why? Because it it allows you to be able to be relieved of things. Yes, yes, yes. Whether it's by tears or whether it's by God too in you know, a work in you, and you feel the confirmation, you just need a shout of praise. Brother and sister, that's fine. But listen to what then begins to happen. And Abram said to the Lord, Well, let me go up to verse 17. And Abram fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man that's a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abram said to God, Oh, that Ishmael may live before you. That's the other child that they had whenever he was messing around. And messing around with the promise of God, trying to get it by going around, around the promise of the Lord. Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princesses, or princes, and I will make him a great nation. Now look at verse 21. But my covenant I shall establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother and sister, if you haven't noticed something, it's been Abraham that's dealt that God has dealt with. Sarah is being brought into this now. And brother and sister, can I be able to share this with you? Sometimes your divine purpose is tied together with other individuals around you. And sometimes, brother and sister, those other individuals may have not caught up to where that point is where God just begins to do massive manifestations and changes in their life. Can I be able to share something something with you, brother and sister? What that means is this. That we have to live in such a way that allows them to be able to glorify God in the midst of us. That live closest to them. That will allow them to be able to see the gospel of Jesus Christ and be changed. Because this is what happened to Sarah. Look what happens in Genesis 18. Verse 1, then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day, when they said to him, verse 9, then they said to him, where is Sarah your wife? And he said, here in the tent. I love this, that the Lord just shows up and sits down in, in, in Abraham's tent. He said, I will surely return to you, verse 10, according to the time of life. In other words, he said, Abraham, I'm here to tell you that by this time next month, you're going to have a child that's going to be in Sarah's womb. Mm, Lord have mercy. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Sarah was listening at the tent door which was behind him. Now look at verse 11. Now Abram and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. I'd say 90 years of age. Yeah. But therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying, After I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. In other words, he's saying, she's saying, God, what you talking about? What in the world are you talking about? Huh? She's just kind of like, she's like, I can't believe this. But listen to this in verse 13. And the Lord said to Abram, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh saying, shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? You better watch out because some of that stuff that you're kind of, mm-hmm, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> the Lord's listening. Verse 14. Listen to what the Lord then says. Sarah, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you, according to the time of life. And Sarah, you will have a son. Brother and sister, guess what? They had a son. Yes, they did. Amen. Amen. And his name was called Isaac. And from Isaac, he had twelve sons. Well, two sons. One of them will pass down to Jacob who became Israel, and Israel had 12 sons, from which we get the Israelites. And from the Israelites, we get Jesus. Can I just share something with you? If you're in a circumstance this morning, and you're kind of in the same place that Sarah is, Maybe you look at yourself and say, you know, what? I'm not a, you know what, I'm not a great person of God. I don't have a lot of faith I'm this, I'm that. I've got all these excuses. And yeah, I may be going to this church and I know this person that knows God and all that. but look at who I am. And yet God still has a divine purpose for you. Can I just share this with you? Don't laugh off what God is dealing with you about. Why? Because anything hard for the Lord. He is El Shaddai. He is Almighty God. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so very much for your blessing, for your power. I pray right now, Almighty God, in this house and in this place And dear God, Lord, that those that maybe walked in this house, they've walked into here and they've kind of been, they know that there's divine purpose in their life. But dear God, in the midst of that divine purpose, Lord, they have found a whole lot of obstacles. They have found a whole lot of problems. They found life. And they've almost come to a place where they have doubted can you be able to really do what you say you do? Today, I pray in the name of Jesus that that has been confirmed that you are able to do anything because nothing is too hard for you. I pray in the name of Jesus. I tell you, you're here under the sound of my voice, and you say, Pastor Tim. There are circumstances, there's things that's been going on in my life. And maybe you don't know Jesus and you've walked in this room and you don't know the Lord. You don't know Him. This morning, can I just be able to share this? Um, that song that they sang earlier about the cross is your answer. Can I be able to share this with you? The cross has the final word. Jesus is able to come and change your life. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you say, Pastor Tim, I need to know the Lord. If that's you, I just want you to just lift up your hand that you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. And you need Jesus here today. Is there one here? Is there one here? Cross this building. Pastor Tim, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Are you here this morning. Let me ask you this. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Tim, I have, you know what? There's some stuff that's going on in my life, and I need the Lord. I need the Lord to just help me and touch me in the midst of my circumstance. I've been tried, and there have been times that I've said, Lord, I just don't know if you're big enough. But today, I believe that you're big enough, and I believe it today, right now. And I believe he's big enough to touch me in the point of my need. I've got a need. No matter what it is, physical, spiritual, emotional, financial, relational, family stuff, whatever it is. That you here this morning, I want you to just lift a hand across this building. Would you just lift up a hand across this building? Thank you. Thank you. Any others this morning? There's one back here in the back. Any others this morning? This is what I ask you to do across this building. I want us to just stand to our feet right now. We had some that have lifted up their hand just a moment ago and said, Pastor Tim, I have a need. I have things that are going on in my life. One more time, you're here in this building, and you say, Pastor Tim, I have a need in my life. I just need prayer. If that's you, I want you to just throw your hand up. We have all over through here. Any others? I want you to look around right now, right where you're at. I want you to look around and see. Look at the people that have a hand lifted. Come on and cross this but If you have a need, go on and just lift up that hand right now in the name of Jesus. It's okay. It's okay to have a need. Why? Because we have the answer. (laughs) So you come to the right place if you have a need. Why? Because Jesus is the answer. And we're about to pray in just a moment. You're here. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. There's somebody beside you that has a hand lifted. They have a need. I want you just to reach over and I want you to put your hand on them. Why? Because the Word of God says this. If two or three agree is touching any one thing, that you'll do it. If maybe you're not around somebody that has a hand lifted, but you see somebody that has a hand lifted right now, I want you to just step out from where you are and go find them right now in the name of Jesus. Go find somebody. If you know Jesus Christ this morning and you understand him as somebody that is alive and well in your life, I challenge you. This is a great time to be able to step out and pray for somebody. The Word of God tells us to pray one for another. Step out, find somebody, pray. You know how to pray, find somebody.